I need that. Thank you, brother. All right, guys, it's so great to be here and see you this morning. I'm really excited. Uh, when David asked me to speak last year, I think it was, I've had this date on my calendar circled. Uh, and the topic, the topic that is close to my heart and I believe will be close to your heart, if it's not already, uh, then you're going to be in a little bit of a problem because it's going to be a lot more close to your heart after today. And that topic is intimacy with God and what that means to be intimate with God what it entails, what it means, how it entails, and let's start with the word, intimacy. Into me see. Into me see. As men, we often don't want to do that. We, we want people to have this image of us, of who we think we are. And by the way, that's exactly how I was. I was that way in my first marriage, and, and I just wanted my uh, wife and friends to have this image of me that I believed it was, and that's what I said it was, and that's how it had to be, and they let me do that. Because they were my friends and she was my wife, she let me portray the image that I wanted to portray. But that wasn't the truth. That wasn't who I really was. And the truth of the matter was that she and all my friends knew who I really was. Oh, they loved me enough to let me fool myself into thinking that I could portray that image. But I began to see that it was lonely and isolated to always have to keep up this image of who I wanted to be and, and who I wanted people to think I wanted to be. And it was hard work. And again, lonely and isolating. And my first wife was a, a lovely girl, and um, uh, I was never able to communicate with her well the things I wanted. Us being guys, I'll share with you a very intimate one because this one's intimacy with God. And since David opened up the door to sex anyway, I can go there. Um, I would have liked her to do some grooming in a certain area, and she would have done anything I wanted, and I never told her. Never told her, never even asked her. Isn't that amazing sometimes how we can think that we want people to do stuff, not tell them what we want, and then get mad at them when, when they don't do it. So transparency and intimacy and sharing who we, who we are and letting people see. I'll tell you what, guys, if I really want to know who you are and what you are, all I have to do is talk to your wife and kids. I'll know in 10 minutes the kind of guy you are. I, I may not see that guy at Iron Man, and I hope I do, but that's how I'll know. I had a buddy of mine once who came to me, a Jewish lawyer guy we were having lunch once, and uh, he said, let me get this right. I read your holiday letters every year. You mean to tell me you talk to God? And I could see he was fascinated. He couldn't believe that I was able to talk to God. And I said, yeah, I talk to God all the time. You don't? <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, I said, well, it's not audibly. He asked me, how do I talk to God? I said, it's not audibly, but the Holy Spirit inside of me is talking all the time. It's a direct, one-on-one, -on -one individual communication with God. So how do we talk about intimacy in, in ourselves, and how do you define intimacy? You could be sitting with someone right next to you and have no connection to them at all. You, no intimacy, no connection, but wait a minute. You're sitting right next to each other. Isn't that as intimate as you can get without hugging each other? Pretty much. You could have someone who's 4,000 miles away from you, and yet they're as close to you as if they were right here next to you. Because the intimacy is not necessarily about physical connection. It's about spiritual and emotional and mental and heart connection. It's a connection of the heart that aligns two people together. Of course, we know there's spiritual intimacy, there's intimacy, there's physical int intimacy, and there's relational intimacy. So what prevents us from developing this intimacy? And why is it so important that we have intimacy with God? <laughs> why is it so important? 
Because if you don't have it, you're missing everything God intended for you to have. You're missing the relationship. You're missing the walk. You're missing the fatherhood. You're missing the encouragement. You're missing the, the, the brotherhood. You're, you're missing everything God wanted to, you, you to have. God said that he wants you to have peace and, and rivers of joy and peace that transcends all understanding. That comes from knowing him. That's intimacy. What prevents us from having intimacy with God? Same thing that prevents us from having intimacy with people. The fear of rejection, the fear of ridicule, the fear of retaliation, it's fear. Why wouldn't I tell my first wife what I wanted? Why wouldn't I show my friends exactly who I really was? I think Bob Dylan said it best in one of his songs. He said, if my thoughts could be seen, they'd put my head in the guillotine. That's right, because we know what pieces of crap we are. Come on, I know. I, I really think I'm the worst guy in this room, and I mean it. I really do, because I know what I think inside my head. I know I have the title of pastor, and I've written spiritual books, and I do love God very much. There's no question I love God, but I know my flesh. And that's why I say, thanks be to God. The Apostle Paul says, who would rescue us from this treacherous we are? There's not one righteous, not one who would. Well, thanks be that God did. Glory be to God. So fear prevents us. Fear of what people will think. Fear of what God will ask me to do with God himself. Well, God, if I come close to you, you're going to send me to Africa. Or you're going to want me to do all these things. I'm going to have to stop gambling. or have to stop looking at pornography. You should do that anyway. <laughs> That's a good idea. So it's fear. It's fear. So how do we overcome fear? God's very specific. He says, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. You guys, we know that only God's love was perfect. So if I'm focused on God and focused on his perfect love, I can overcome any fear. Without it, like Peter walking on the water, if I take my eyes off God, I'm going to sink. And God's going to look at me and go, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? So God has given us the answer. God has given us the answer. Think about God's perspective, guys. Imagine if you have kids. How many have kids in the room? Okay, a lot. Imagine your kid is 15, 16. He steals a car. He or she steals a car and is hanging out with some bad kids. And so scared is the kid of your response to him that you're going to punish him, you're going to be so disappointed that his life is virtually over as he knows it. So scared is he of that that he runs away, moves to California, and you never see him again the rest of your life. Oh, my goodness. That would be your worst nightmare. Wait a minute. Cut off from my kid? Hey, you get a glimpse of how much God loves you when you see how much you love your kids. And you guys who have kids, if you have more than one, you know you'll love each of them 100%. It's not 50 for you, 50 for you, or 33, 33, 33. It's 100% each. That's God's math. That's God's love in action, so you get a glimpse of how much God loves you. So now this kid runs away, and you're cut off. But, but wait a minute. I love my kid. I do everything for my kid. That would be a tragedy in a parent's life to have their child run away from them. Oh, but there might have been punishment, there might have been discipline, there might have been consequence. Absolutely there would have. But there could be nothing that could separate me from the love of my child. And God says there's nothing that can separate us from his love. God desires intimacy with us like we desire intimacy with our kids. My younger kids are 13 and 15, and you know what? I can start to see that my days of king, of king daddy are over. <laughs> I mean, I get the eye roll, I get, you know, there's other things they'd rather do. So I'm clinging on for dear life. I love them so much. I want to be with them. Now I hear, Dad, you're embarrassing me. You know, Dad, Dad, you're, oh, God, crap, crap. I remember when it was that way with my parents. Now I look back at my dad, 
And all the stuff that he did, and, and my dad is, is a funny guy, a great guy, and all he wanted to do was be with us. That's all he wanted to do. He wanted us. God wants you. He doesn't need your ministry. He doesn't need your money. He wants you. He wants that personal, individual, one-on-one -on -one relationship because he loves you. He doesn't want you to be a robot. He doesn't want you to do it out of obligation or chore or, oh, I'm in prison. i got to go serve God now. Man, if that's your attitude, you're missing it. You're not getting what it's like to have that intimate relationship with God. It's a critical thing. So let me give you this from God's word. And let me give you this challenge, by the way. And I pray I'm talking to the guys in this room who don't have this relationship with God, this individual intimacy. You may be a Christian, but you're missing it. Or you may not be a Christian, and you're missing it. I went to drug rehab 20-something years ago, and I didn't want to go, but my gig was up. It's a whole other story, a recovering drug addict. And, uh, man, I go into the counselor the first time. I'm talking to a rehab guy, and... Uh, He's giving me all these reasons to go, and I'm saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And he looks me dead in the eye, and he goes, look. He goes, I'd have a lot of respect for you if you climb to the top of the mountain, look down, and tell me you don't like what you see. He goes, that I could respect. He said, I'll have no respect for you if you don't go up and take a look. I thought, man, how do I argue with that? So good thing I didn't argue with it. So I'm saying the same thing to you guys today. I believe God is making the same challenge to you today. Hey, I challenge you to go meet God, have intimacy with God, tell me you didn't like it, and okay, I'd have respect for that. I have no respect for you if you won't go look and see what God has to offer. Because God has everything and you don't want to miss it. Listen to this from God's word. You want to see how intimate God is with you. To see how to have intimacy with God. God says in James 4, 8, come closer to me and I'll come closer to you. It's a promise from God. Come closer to me and I'll come closer to you. He also says in Ephesians uh, Ephesians 1, he says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Get this right. When you believe, when you first got saved, when you acknowledged Jesus Christ and accepted him in your heart, God immediately says, I took out your old heart, I put in a new heart. You were transformed with God. You were now born again of the Spirit of God. Born once of your mother's womb, born the second time of the Spirit of God. And God says at that very moment, he took out your old heart, he put in a new heart, he put in the Holy Spirit in you, a part of him. How much more intimate could you get? Holy crap, we define intimacy by, you know, physically intercoursing with a woman. Hey, I was intimate with that girl, man. Yeah, it was inside of her. That's pretty, pretty darn intimate. <laughs> darn right. Jesus says, listen, this isn't a sexual intimacy, but this is the most spiritual intimacy in the world. I've come to live inside of you. That's how much I love you. I wanted you to be so sure, so positive that I love you, that I put a part of myself inside of you as a deposit. That part who God says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He's with you always. He'll never leave you and forsake you. He's in there, but sometimes we can drown him out with the things of the world. We can drown them out with our own focus when we don't listen and pay attention to the Holy Spirit talking. Man, how are you going to learn about something if you don't listen? What kind of relationships start without talking, without communication? <laughs> that God wants to talk to and communicate. And you say, I have a buddy, a uh, Christian guy, and he says, God doesn't talk to me. I say, excuse me? He says, well, you tell me you're hearing from the Holy Spirit, and, and I, I do. Holy Spirit of God speaks to me, not audibly, but intimately, and not every minute of every day, but a lot of the time. He says, well, Jack, I don't hear that. I said, well, listen, you know, have you read the Bible? Because God speaks very clearly in the Bible. 
And that's how he speaks through you. Hey, hey, God speaks to you and through you in his word. He's already spoken. Listen, think of your favorite musician or band. Or for me, it may be Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen. Listen, I, I feel that I know these guys. I, I feel I know them. Josh Bramos is sitting there. Josh is a musician. Uh, you know them through their music. I don't have to meet him and talk to him. He's poured everything out in that music. God's poured out his word, his Holy Spirit. The word is alive. The word of God is alive, and it's inside of you. How much more intimate could God be than that? But you've got to access it. You've got to access it. Listen, if I'm dying for water, and I have this water, I say, oh, this is great. You know, I have this water, so if you're good, I'm thirsty, I'm going to drink it. I just, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not getting the water. Uh, well, what's the problem here? Oh, Jack, you have to take the cap off. What? Oh, you mean I have to have it inside of me. It has to go inside of me to work. So I could actually have it, but not get the benefit of it. That's right. You can have a Bible and not get the benefit of it. Guys, you've got to open up and drink of it. God said, I'm the living water. If you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. And yet we run away and think that the world has something better to offer. And then we wonder why we're not happy. You know, people come up to me, and, and really, a lot of you guys know me. They say, Jack, you're the happiest guy I know. See, you know what? I am happy. I really am happy because for 33 years I lived one way of the world and everything the world had to offer and I was empty inside and then God got a hold of me at 36 and for the last 25 years I've had the greatest ride ever. I think my life gets better every single day. I'm happy because I have Jesus. I'm so grateful for the fact that I'm going to heaven when I die, that the Holy Spirit's with me walking every step of the way. It's amazing. I can't wait to get more of it. I can't wait to get up in the morning and get with Jesus, my best friend, my father who loves me, my earthly father, Jerry, great guy. And I know some of you didn't have great earthly fathers. My earthly father said to me, listen, uh, I love you. I'm the only guy who's ever going to be behind you 100% no matter what you do. You can tell me anything. Always tell me anything. I'm always behind you 100% no matter what you do. And, and he did that. He really did that. So I have, a, I have a conception of what it's like to be loved unconditionally. And I didn't even take advantage of that sometimes. I remember one time was after college, um, I'd been doing drugs all night. I was selling drugs, doing drugs. I was working that summer for my dad, and it was at 6.30 in the morning. I had to get up. I'd been on cocaine all night, and I hope you didn't experience this, but cocaine's like truth serum. Um, so I'd been partying all night. I was wired out. I'm sitting in the truck with him, and I figure this is a good time to tell him the truth. <laughs> And I say, Dad, I've got, got something to tell you. My father's an old school guy. I said, listen, I'm dealing drugs through college. And uh, I had $28,000 in a safe deposit box. And uh, I blew that. I wanted to live with this girl. And I opened up a pizza place and was gambling at the same time. And so I blew that money. I had, I had no money. I said, but I want to tell you, proud of what a great businessman I was. Thinking, you know, he'd be proud. I was a great businessman. I said, some people sold just, just to do drugs. I, I did it for money. I know why I did it. And he looked me dead in the eye and he looked over. And without missing a beat, he was driving, and he looks over at me, and he goes, uh, you only made one mistake. He said, you should have told me sooner you'd still have the money. That's the kind of love he has for me. He didn't approve of what I did, and I'm not glorifying that. By the way, addiction was the pit of hell, and uh, it took me there, and that's a whole separate story and a whole separate thing. Here we're talking about intimacy with God. Listen, my kids, I, I take, when Jackson was five, he had a knife in his hand, and he was playing with it, and I took it away from him. Why? When he was a little baby, he's crawling across the bed trying to get to the edge of the bed. He's going to fall off. I'm pulling him back every time. Why? Why don't I just let him do what he wants if I love him so much? No, it's because I love him so much that I don't let him do what he wants. It's because I love him, because I have that intimacy and care for him. And we need to look at God that way, that God loves us so much. 
So your sonship was preordained by God. Do you think God knows you intimately? Psalm 13, 13. You were, for you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is personal and individual for you from God to your heart today. God created your inmost being. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He did that to have a relationship with you because he loves you and wants to walk with you. You want to hang out with people that you find exciting. Remember your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, well, in your case, girlfriends, your wife when you first met. All right, exciting. You want to be with them. That's exciting. Can you imagine going to Valentine's Day dinner with your wife and, and you're not happy, the marriage sucks, and you're sitting there, and you can't believe you have to be there, and you don't want to be there, and she don't want to be there, but it's Valentine's Day, so you have to bring her there. And you're sitting, and you have this dinner, and it's, uh, neither one of you wants to be there. What kind of relationship is that? No. You want that excitement. You can't wait to be there. It's exciting. I love you. I, I want to know you, good, bad, or indifferent. That's what God wants with you. God is exciting. I'm telling you from firsthand, you can ask David and Sean and Josh and anybody, any Iron Man in here, Charles and Andy, everybody, Scott, Keith, everybody. You ask them, is God exciting or boring? They'll tell you, it's unbelievable. It's the greatest ongoing, continuing relationship ever. There's nothing better than it. Now, you might not believe me, but I hope you would be too scared to at least find out if I'm telling the truth. At least find out, because you don't want to miss that. Now, listen to this, guys. It's going to shake up your world and change your life. Listen, the prodigal son, you know the story of the prodigal son. He came running back, and God came running back to him. And, and, but something else had to happen in the prodigal son. See, when the prodigal son came back and was restored fully to his father's house and all the robes and the party were happening, he had to walk in the acceptance that his father gave him. Can you imagine if he came back in and his father clothed him, with the, clothed him with the robes and threw the party and the next day he walked around all head down and the next day and the next week and the next month and the next year and he was all bummed out and the father's going, hey, what's the matter, son? What's the matter? Well, dad, you know I screwed up. Yeah, I, I know you screwed up. I forgave you. As far as the east is from the west, I remember your sins no more. God forgives you. God said his mercies you know any morning. I forgave you, the father says to the son, but the son never accepts the forgiveness. He can't walk in with it. He's miserable. He's miserable. He's miserable. Exactly what the father doesn't want. I don't want my kid miserable. I want him happy and joyful. I forgave you. I want you to walk in this acceptance. So no matter where you are with God today, God wants you to walk in that acceptance. He wants you to forgive yourself, and he wants to start for you to have that relationship with him today, and I'm going to show you how to do it so that there's no confusion. I'm going to show you how to do it. It's Ephesians it's Ephesians chapter 3. Let's see if I can get there in verse 12. Here it is. Man, this is so amazing. Paul is talking, and I believe God's spirit is talking to every single one of us today. It's Ephesians 3. It starts in verse 16. Paul says, I pray that out of, the out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Listen to what Paul is praying. And this has become my prayer for myself, and I hope your prayer today. Paul says, I pray that through his power, it's God's power that does it. It's not me, it's not my power. Paul's saying, God, I pray through your power, 
that you would strengthen me, strengthen my inner man through your Holy Spirit. Because that's how you work in my life, through the Holy Spirit. Would you strengthen me, Lord? And in verse 17, it goes on to say, so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. So that Christ may dwell. So that Christ, who's in here, who already is in my heart, he may dwell, he may live there. He may hang out there in faith that I may have that relationship with him. So that I am rooted and established in love. Because if I'm rooted and established in the love of Christ... If I'm rooted and established in the love of Christ, then I have power so that I have power together with all the Lord's holy people. That's you guys, all the Lord's holy people. That I may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Power for what, Lord? What does this mean? Prayer, Paul. What do I need God to strengthen my inner spirit for through his Holy Spirit so that I'm rooted and grounded in love so that Christ is dwelling in me so that I have power. Power for what? Power for one thing. Power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That's what you need to grasp. That's the only thing you need to understand, how much God loves you. Because if you do that, he goes on to say in verse 19, you will know the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Man, that's what I've been praying for all my life since I've been saved. God, save me. God, I want all of you. God, I want more of you. God, I want to be filled with you. And God says, you want to be filled with me? Here's all you got to do. You got to know how much I love you. That's intimacy. You got to be filled with the Spirit of God. You got to know how much I love you. God says in John 15 15, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends, man. You're friends because I tell you what's going on. Sean talked about our relationship, and it's one of the most treasured relationships in my life. But it's not unique. All you guys should have that. It should be the same thing. It should be the same thing. So here's the secret the apostles say in John 1 4. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. And this makes our joy complete. We're going to wrap up just a couple more quick things. My kid, when he was little, Jackson, when he was a little kid, I said, uh, Hey, son, <coughs> what would you rather have? These 50 pennies or these four quarters? I was testing him, by the way. Of course he took the 50 pennies. He's a five-year-old kid. 50, 50 pennies. Right. Because he didn't know the value of what he was looking at. He didn't know the value of what he was looking at. And I'm saying that God is asking us today, do we know the value of what we're looking at? Man, God says, already you're rich. You have the kingdom of heaven. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God said, I come that you may have life and have it to the full. So here's the last verse this morning. And the last thing is, look, God doesn't want your religious you know, repetition God doesn't need that. I mean, I share this with people, new Christians, all the time. I say, look, I go to church because I want to. I'm hanging out in church because I want to be there. I love to be there. I don't have to be there. I want to be there. I want to be with Christians, and I want to fellowship, and I want to learn, and I want to experience the intimacy. Listen, how many of you are sports fans? Isn't it great to hang out with guys who are thinking the same team as you? Politics, don't you like to hang out with guys who think the same way as you? Music, it's fun to hang out with people who think the same way. Right, you should hang out with some Christians, and this is a good way to do it, iron and connect. So last, last verse for today, and I believe the most important one, if I can find it. But it's important, we're going to find it. All right, let's see. 
because I took the other one out of place. Well, we're not leaving without this verse, so <laughs> just, just relax. Yeah, is this it? Huh. Okay, good job. Good job, Jackie. Oh, here it is. <laughs> All right, guys. Listen to this warning from God. It's in John. And it talks about having Bible knowledge but not having intimacy with God. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. See, it's not enough to know the words. You got to know the guy speaking them personally. That's what God wants. You refuse to come to me that you would have eternal life. Don't make that mistake today, guys. Don't make that mistake today. All right. We're going to wrap up. I want to say a word of prayer. There's one more thing I want to show you guys and tell you. I want to do some Ironman, very important Ironman business. I hope God has spoken to your heart today in a big, huge way. I hope this was a life-changing morning for you, that you don't leave here, that you take the challenge that the rehab guy gave me. So remember, it's one thing to go to the top of the mountain and tell me you don't like what you see. It's another thing not to love. I dare you, I challenge you to come back and say, I went to meet God. I went to have this intimate relationship with God. He said, come closer to me. I come closer to him. I came back. Your God's a liar. This stinks. No, no, no. This is life. This is the abundant Christian life. This is what you've been searching for all your life. Okay, so here's what I want you to do for Ironman, if you will. I know there's some heavy hitters in the room. I want to take advantage of that. This is my Jake steak seasoning. It's my own steak seasoning recipe. It's great, greatest seasoning in the world. Scott, is it the greatest seasoning? Keith, is it the greatest? Mark? Scott's, you know, a little conservative. Keith and Mark, a little more out. <laughs> Pretty good. After your cut just went down. Um, Five bucks a bottle, 100% of the proceeds go to Ironman. I don't want to see a nickel. I want you guys to buy 10, 20 at a time, buy them, give them away, give them to your family. Father's Day is coming, give them away. Um, I've written some books back there. Um, don't Blow It With God is, is a book for every single Christian. This is a roadmap to the ultimate life, whether somebody's been saved a day or a year. And I just tell you that so you know what book to get. This is the book for them. Where the rubber meets the road with God, and Scott will tell you this back at the table, is for every Christian who wants to make sure they hear well done, good and faithful servant, a little more mature of a walk. Live a life that matters for God, one and two page chapters. People are using it as a devotional. I didn't write it that way, but it's amazing being used that way. The title says it all, right? Live a life that matters for God. My new book, Downloading God, is available back there too. An addiction book, My Addict, Your Addict. Each book is 10 bucks. Each book is a life-changing book. That's a promise, a guarantee for me. I'll give you your money back if you read it and don't think so. I want you to buy it because I want you to support Iron Man because Iron Man does amazing things for us. I'm proud to donate 100% today of what you buy to Iron Man. I don't want to see a nickel. I want 100% of it to go to Iron Man. I want you to buy 10, 20 books. Give them away. Write a $200 check. Write a $500 check. Buy 50. We'll deliver the cases to your office. We don't, we don't care. I, I, if you can't take them, I want to contribute back to Iron Man. I promise you, you read this book for yourself, any of them, they will change your life. You give them to people, they will change their lives. You dramatic, impacting book, a small opportunity to invest. So let's close in a quick word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you that while we were yet sinners, you died for us on the cross. You loved us, Lord, way before we ever loved you. But it is a privilege and a pleasure to be able to know you and walk with you 
and know that, Lord, when you say, hey, we're going to hang out and be buddies forever, it's really forever. You really mean it. It's eternity. Lord, that promise of heaven and that you're walking with us and your Holy Spirit in me has been the greatest joy of my life to know you. Each day, Lord, I want more and more of you, and I don't want to miss any of your blessings. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you're available all the time, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, that you're with us always. Thank you that all things work together for our good. And I pray that you would use this meeting this morning, this word that you've spoken, Lord, as an entree to each guy's heart, Lord, to remind him that this is a priority. This is not just another message and let me go back to work. No, it's a priority that I find out what Jesus is talking about. <clears throat> what was he talking about with this intimate love relationship? What is it? I mean, if I told you I had the greatest pizza in the world, you taste it, then tell me if it's good or not. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you don't miss it. God says, come closer to me, I'll come closer to you. Come and seek God. God says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Make it a priority. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you for David. Thank you for Iron Man. And thank you for the blessing that you've been in our lives. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. David, sell some more books and steak seasoning, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much.